0: This is Karnou feeding Henri, it's still Jerry Henri! Air, yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Do not tune away from this scheduled program, it is the full 90 Gooner podcast resurrected. Uh, we are not dead, we are not off the face of the earth. Although I may not be on Twitter as much, I am heavily focusing on Instagram. Uh, but uh, but not for the podcast, but just for my own reasons. It's, it's really hard uh, to try to get everyone together and to try to do a podcast. And, uh, you know, we all live in uh, different countries and different parts of those countries, which time zones get into conflict. But we're going to try. We're going to try and complete a season for you guys because there aren't any other millions of Arsenal podcasts out there. Uh, that talk about the same stuff. Um, but we are looking forward to this season. It is a new era. Uh, of course, there's lots to catch up on. Uh, and maybe, you, you know, you guys get a different um, view, a point of view from, uh, from us. Um, you know, the, the new, the Arsene Wenger era is no more. Uh, the, the Unai Emery era, uh, crazy signings, uh, World Cup, Um, And then just, uh, you know, well, we're going to go from some like early news days to transfers to whatever the heck was happening in the last couple of hours to what, 24 hours, I guess, with this huge takeover. Um, Whether you like it, whether you're not, it's going to happen, maybe. I don't know. It sounds like it is. But um, yeah, we're going to get into it. We're just going to wing it. And, uh, and, and, you know, just uh, continue on with it. Uh, so w- joining me uh, today, as always, um, I guess, a partner in crime, if you will. Uh, Ryan is is back here with me. And we're, uh, it's, it's actually great that Ryan is here because he's he's like the numbers guy. He likes to talk the numbers, and uh, and what better way to talk about this whole cronky takeover situation than with Ryan? Uh, and Ryan gives us his takes on everything, and we'll get we'll get we'll get Ryan's point of views on on the signings and all that other stuff. So, Ryan, welcome. How you doing?
1: I'm good, Mario. It's good to be back. It's been a while. Um, yeah, it's a it's a refreshing you know outlook right now, at least coming into the season with uh, new management and. Um, you know hopefully exciting things to come of course we have the, the dread of, of facing city right off the bat so we'll, we'll we'll know exactly kind of who we are um but it's a good, good challenge and i'm looking forward to it so uh, let's yeah let's let's recap shall we
0: Yeah, let's rock and roll. I mean, it was a great preseason, uh, even though uh, preseason really doesn't mean much. You know, you get a couple of youngsters out there. They're doing their thing. Uh, The the thing that I look forward to just before we get into it is that we have a majority of our players that did not participate in the World Cup uh, in terms of like, you know, um, uh, Obama Yang, Lacazette. Those guys were fit, ready to go. Bellerin, uh, ozil came back. Um there's some controversy with him, we can get into it. Um but let let's I guess let's start with uh the earliest the earliest of things that happened to the club. Uh Unai Emery was announced um a, a long it which feels like a long time ago, eh. Um it just what do you, like, what do you think? Like, it's a good move. I mean, he did bring in some good signings, and we can intertwine it if you want. I don't care. It's just whatever.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, generally, I'm excited. Um, I, I feel like there's a, just a fresh kind of opt- optimism going into the season that I don't think we felt in a long time, just because we kind of, I mean, I think under 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 arson you know, the last, I don't know, five or so years, maybe longer, depending on, on how you feel. It's just kind of felt like it's the same. We know exactly who we are, you know, get a few new players, few players come in, few players go out, but we, you know, same kind of missing uh, whether it's a, you know, personnel that's missing, whether it's, you know, tactics, whether it's just overall, uh, you know, attitude at the club. So I think just, you know, regardless of who came in, I think that was always going to be a kind of a fresh, exciting feeling um, in terms of Emory himself I, I mean I, I think right off the bat you lo- I love the way his his, his kind of um, philosophy of, of football is um, it's it's high paced it's pressing um, it's attacking offensive football and I think that's will harp you know harpen back to when Arson took over that that's that's the fresh thing he brought in was this kind of um, you know, obviously possession based, but playing with flair, playing with power, and and you know counterattacking uh, speed. So I think kind of uh, to bring that back into the club um, is exciting. Um, obviously, look, you can look at his time at PSG, won a bunch of trophies, so you can't can't knock him for that. Um, did have some failures uh, in the Champions League, uh, pretty epically um, in terms of not being able to to react and adjust tactics um so that that's that's a concern for a lot of people but um you look at his over the course of the his history he's he's won knockout competitions of course won the Europa League three times uh in a row with Sevilla um and overall I think you, you look at his people that write about him he's very detail orientated he's very um he, he's oversees every aspect of of training right you know you know you see some of the videos and some of the interviews that even the players are giving it's it's a different approach now whether you want to say that's you know good or you know uh better than than when wenger was here or worse or or it's just just different i think i think that's um you know any any time you you hear the same voice for so long whether it's you know we we probably you know hear it uh from your boss at work, it's just, you keep hearing the same thing, the same style, the same message time and time again, eventually it just kind of, it's going to, the impact's going to wear out. So I think ultimately um, the fact that the players have a new voice, have a fresh, um, you know, uh, approach in training, approach in, in tactics, approach, uh, you know, in, in team talks and and starting 11s and, and formations, all of that stuff, I think they're just going to, they're going to be excited for it. I think you can see in the players, uh, you know, what you want to call it rapport or um, just overall attitude. They look fresh. They look light. They look happy. They look, uh, you know, ready, you know, like, like a team, they look like a real, um, like they're together. Uh, Now, again, it's preseason. Everyone's kind of having fun. So it's not going to necessarily mean that's going to convert to on the field performance, but I think overall, there's there's a lot of positive positivity going into the season. um, And I think that's,
0: that's merited now going back to the point about you saying that you know Emery uh has won a bunch of trophies and stuff like that so i i can i don't know what do you say to those people because i'm pretty sure there's going to be a few that are saying well it's the french league doesn't really matter psg is like the dominant force does that the, like do you do you do you account for what league he managed in does it really matter
1: I mean, yes, that plays a part, obviously, you know, he, okay. He, he should have won the league. I think obviously that's not a surprise, but again, you can't, you can only, you can only win the league you're for a team that you manage. Right. So, um, would have been more impressive if he won the league with, um, you know, Leon instead of PSG. Sure. But he was the PSG coach and he won the league handily by what 20 plus points on average. So, I mean, it wasn't even a contest, um, And so I think he I think the biggest his biggest pitfall of PSG and any big club is going to come to this, but especially the PSG was him not being able to get Neymar and the other Brazilians at the club, uh, according to various reports, to kind of buy into his tactics, to his message. But when you have a player like Neymar on a team, he's basically always going to get his way. And if there's something he doesn't want to do. then guess who's going to go? The manager, not not the player who you just spent 220 million euros on. So I don't think I don't think that's a, something to look at and say, oh well, he, he's going to be doomed at Arsenal because there's not there's not a player profile anywhere close to that of, of Neymar in terms of in terms of pull. I mean, Neymar has basically had the chairman of PSG, who's um, you know a a a sheikh right of a nation, uh, he had him in his ear saying. I don't like what this guy's saying. Get him out of here. So once that happened, he he really had no chance. Uh, and so um, yeah, I mean, again, he won. He did win the treble last year, um, and I think he won. He won seven trophies overall at PSG. So again, uh, you can't you can't really fault him for that. But I think the big criticism was going to be always how they did in the Champions League, and they 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 flamed out pretty spectacularly in uh, back to back years.
0: Mm. Uh, that's interesting uh i never heard any of these th- about neymar uh not buying into the into his thing and what what so ultimately what people are saying is that neymar was the reason he got fired is that is that essentially yeah, yeah essentially
1: he, he, uh, that's he interesting. had yeah he tried to get so psu is playing a um 4-3-3 um and Emery tried to get them into a four-two-three-one, which is a little more, uh, you know, a little more defensive. You had two, you know, two more central midfielders on the pitch. Players didn't like it. They they were used to the four-three-three coming from uh, Laurent Blanc, and so Emery actually gave in. So they started out that way, and then he switched back to the four-three-three. So he kind of gave in to the players, which I think was probably a great mistake because then the players knew, okay we can Neymar, especially we can walk all over him if he's going to, you know, mm. fold under some of our pressure. And then from there, you know, again, if you don't, if you don't have players who buy in, um, and Neymar is, listen, he's a prima donna, he's, he's a Galactico. So, um, again, I don't think there's not a player like that at Arsenal that, that really, a would, I think would behave that way. And B would have the pull, um, to have the chairman's ear, um, to say, Hey, you know, th- this, I don't like this guy get him out of here so and certainly certainly there's no evidence based off training based off the matches preseason matches that the players are not very much enjoying themselves playing under him thus far so um, now again uh, we'll see we'll see what results look like and of course everyone's going to be happy when they're winning and um, you know the the real test will be coming up on Sunday and going forward.
0: Mm, yeah, it's it's uh it's definitely interesting, and we all know how uh, how much of a crybaby and prima donna Neymar is uh, due to the due to the World Cup. Uh, just uh, I don't know, um, I, I hate I hate the guy to be honest. But uh, w- w- so Unai you know Unai Emery comes in. Uh, how how long? And you know how how you know how us Arsenal fans are. We're we're a, we're a hefty bunch at times. Uh, we can be prima donnas at times um it, it sh- the the regardless of how the season goes for his first season um how critical can we be or or what realistically can our expectations be for this coming season his first season
1: i mean i i think being optimistic you can you can hope for Arsenal to get back into the top four. I think that's going to be a goal um, for for Unai personally. I mean, I, I don't know that for a fact, but I would think he would want to come in and, and improve the team. I think that's definitely a, a realistic expectation. An improvement is not, you know, sixth to fifth. It's six to, to fourth. And, and most importantly, getting back into the Champions League. Um, I think when you look at you look at the other other teams in that top six, obviously Manchester City is is I think sitting far and above in the number one favorite position. Um, you look at what Liverpool has done in the transfer market and obviously their momentum from last year. They're favored to finish top four. But you look at United, their turmoil, not signing the players that Mourinho wants. You look at Chelsea, mm-hmm. in a transition year, not not signing the players uh, that they really need and, and uh, Hazard still maybe might leave. Um, then you look at Tottenham who haven't signed anybody. Um, now they, they may not lose any of their key players, but uh, you know, I think they've kind of plateaued in terms of what they can uh, perform. So I think there's an op- there's a definite opportunity for Arsenal to, to fight back into the top four uh, places. Um, now there's still some question marks in our squad as well. But I think, uh, I think a realistic expectation, and I think, I, I mean, I would be disappointed. I think, I think it's natural to be disappointed if we did not finish in the top four this year um, based off of you know, who we have, who we, who we signed, and some of the failures from the other clubs in those um, top six positions.
0: So, so anything top four and above is a season well done.
1: I, I think so. I mean, I think I think it's unrealistic to expect us to to compete for the title. I just, you know, I, I think we off offense attacking talent wise, I think we'll be right up there uh, in terms of goals scored. I mean, we should. With you know, you look at our our uh, attacking talent of uh, you know Ozil, Obama Yang, Lacazette, Ramsey, Mkhitaryan. Um, that's that's as good, you know as good as any uh, kind of front four, if you will in the league really is. So, um, but I think there's still big question marks across the back line, really the back five. And so I don't, I don't, I just don't think as a, as a squad, we are anywhere close to the city. I don't think anyone is really. So it's not, it's not a shock. And I don't think anyone realistically should think we will be there um, fighting for the top spot. But uh, yeah, I think top floor is, is very reachable and I think it's a crucial year because again, you look at the makeup of our squad and it's not it's not a young team, it's very much mm-hmm. a team with with players either in their prime or plateauing and coming back down at the you know back end of their prime. So the window to to kind of hopefully get to the top four and regain that spot is is small. It's it's basically now or next year, and then we have to essentially look at a a, another revamp of the squad. So I think that has to be the goal. I think the squad is again, whether this is by design or not, it's, it's made up to reach the top four and stay there in the next two years and then try and kick on from there.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because I was, um, I was reading or hearing uh, something and uh, we are one of the older clubs um, in the league, which is interesting because you know, we're, we're known for that young talent. Um, and and it's a good it's a good segue to that you know you're speaking about the club and, and the players in general. A uh, good segue into uh, the signings that we've done so far. Um, and I was very impressed, to be honest with you. I think it was um, a couple of days or a week or so before the World Cup started, and we already had a signing in in, in Leno, I believe. Um, which was great, you know, I, I don't think I've seen Arsenal do signings that early in a long time, especially in a tournament year. Uh, we, you always used to see those signings after the tournament. And of course we did, right, with Toria. but um, you know, uh, you're saying that we're still gonna the back line., um, but you know, Leno came in, Sokratis, uh Papa uh, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce his name, but for the sake of this. Uh, in my terrible name pr- pronunciation, we're going to call him Socrates. Socrates. Uh,
1: I, I, also, the name of a great Canadian rapper, Socrates.
0: Yeah, Socrates. Yeah, um, an, an
1: old, an old, an old one. I don't. Uh, he, he, yeah, he's, not
0: he, him, but... he's he's like uh, he's like early two thousands. Yeah, so he's yeah. A great guy, great guy. Um, uh, anyways, uh, Stefan Lichtsteiner. Yeah. Um, uh, we got uh, Doozy. Yeah, Mateo. Uh, Mateo. Mateo, uh, my man.
1: Yes. yeah, um,
0: the, uh, yeah. Toria, Toria. So, I mean, yep. is that a job well done? Do we need to improve? What, what do you think of the signing so far?
1: Well, I, I think I think it addressed some key areas, but probably not enough. Now, again, transfer window closes tomorrow, which is mm. crazy, to, crazy to say. It's August know, 9th. It's crazy. We're talking about the uh, close of the transfer window. Close, close of the transfer window in England, not... England the rest of the rest of Europe so there can still be outgoings after tomorrow but no more incoming so that makes it, uh, adds another interesting wrinkle but yeah you look you look at Lucas Torreira I think that's that's the big one the the mythical everlasting search for a defensive midfielder um has finally come to an end um and you know of course we watched you him for the world that? cup he was he was very he was very tidy um very combative he's a little pitbull bull. Um, and so that's going to be interesting to watch him as he gets integrated, um, see how he adapts to the league. But I think that was a key signing. I, I mean, I, I like the Licksteiner signing, uh, a lot more than a lot of people did. Obviously he was on free and he's, and he's, and he's, you know, he's, he's a, what is he 34? So he's a, clearly a last few years of his career, but, um, we, a, we needed a, we didn't have a backup right back for basically for the past two years, which is crazy to say, but you had Debushi, De who was either injured or frozen out and couldn't really be bothered to, to play because he, you know, didn't want to be there. So um, the fact that we actually have a rotating right back is good. That That's all clubs should have that. <laughs> um, so I'm <laughs> glad, I'm glad we addressed that. Plus what I love about him, obviously he's, you know, he's just come from Juventus where he's won seven Serie A's in a row um, he's an absolute bastard. He's an absolute dirty, uh, you know, a player who you watch and if he's not on your team, you absolutely despise because he's, he's – and, and, and I, I, what I loved, um against Lazio, right, um, literally one of the first plays he was involved in, there was a, a, a long ball. Um, so it was him against their left back, um, Stefan Radu, I believe it was. And he goes up, completely extends his elbow right into the guy's grill, and just complete first, first thing he does is just throws an elbow sets the tone um he he, he gets back like right, what did i do i did nothing you know so he's got that shithousery that kind of uh professional master of the dark arts which again arsenal has always kind of been accused of being soft they're not up for it you know they're they don't have that toughness when it when it gets when it gets hard so having him uh, I, I think he's going to play a lot more than people think i think I think Hector has kind of been a little bit complacent um, without having any real competition for a spot. And I think he, I think what Lichtsteiner does really well is his positional awareness of defending. Um, he's, I mean, he's solid across the board. He's, he's a he's a solid possession passer. He's a good crosser of the ball. Obviously, pace is not going to be his strength at this point of his career. But what he does really well is is get in position to defend, and I think that's something, um, kind of as an ethos of Arsenal, we we haven't done well as a group is actually defending one on one, body positioning, um, you know, showing defenders or showing attacking players a certain to a certain side of the field. Um, and Lichtsteiner, he knows that he's he's a professional defender. Um, I think bellerin has been exposed a little too more often for my liking um, and, and just being more concerned with getting up and down the pitch and being part of the attack and not actually focusing on solidly defending um, when, you know, Arsenal being put under pressure. So I think Licksteiner brings that. Socrates I think is a pretty underwhelming signing. I mean, you you look at that one as just a, uh, this is a player that Sven Lissens hat new from Dortmund and I think he was he was on a cheap. He had one year left, so we got him for what sixteen million. Um, it was kind of one of those okay, let let's get him because we can, and we can just get somebody in here. Um, even though I doubt if they, you know, had, if you had a top ten board of you know uh, top ten center back targets based on statistics, based on scouting reports, I doubt he would be on that list. You know. Mm. Um I think that was one it's okay he's available he he's you know when you're shopping online kind of oh this one's a good price it's in, it's in my size it's not the one i want because the one i want's a little too expensive um mm-hmm. but i'll 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 settle for this one and then we'll just see how it goes
0: interesting uh who 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 would if we had if we had a little bit more money maybe in the 20, 25,000, uh, 25,000, um, in the 2020, uh, r- uh 25 range, who would, uh, who would you go for?
1: Um, it's hard to say. I would, I mean, I think what we need is a actual left-sided center back, a left-footed center back. Um, we haven't had that. I mean, since really what Thomas Vermeulen. So, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I, it's, it, it's difficult, right? I mean, the, the actual there's not a lot of elite elite center backs that, that are available mm. um, to go out and buy. I, I don't know if this is doable. I, I would have stayed at Dortmund and gone for a Kanji from Switzerland. Um, I, he just came over the year before, so it would have been tough. Um, but I think if he would have thrown, you know, 40 million at Dortmund, they probably would have moved him on. I don't, I mean, I, you know, that, that's just, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. um, that's a fictional kind of scenario, but um, mm. I, I, think, I think the player profile we need to be looking at is somebody who's, you look at, look at a player like Rafael Varane, okay, he's, he's, he's got all the tools. He's quick, he's strong, he's tactically smart, um, got to get somebody who can win the ball in the air and also win a sprint battle. Uh, which which is a modern defender has to have all those things. Um, you look at Socrates; he's not he's he's has no pace. Um, he's essentially I, I think he's a very similar player profile to Mustafi, which I think is what really concerns me. You have two guys who defend on the front foot, um, who like to leave their feet and try and win the win a tackle unnecessarily at times, which exposes them and and uh, you know puts obviously the other defenders and goalie under pressure. So I I don't like that partnership, but I, I, if you look at it, unless another signing comes in um, they're going to be playing the majority of matches um, this season. And so, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm, I hope, I hope we're kind of all proven wrong um, and maybe he comes in and he's, and he's an absolute mountain, but um, it doesn't look like that's, that's the right partnership. To, for a successful pairing in, in the center.
0: Mm. And not to mention, you have uh, Koscielny who will be back.
1: Well, I, I, I would be surprised if Koscielny played um, this year at all. I mean, coming, coming back from a cruciate at 32, mm. again, especially with our track record of, of rehabilitating players, I, 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 I'm personally not even counting on Koscielny as as an option this year.
0: But you still you still have uh jenko uh who's still floating in there mavropanos uh has has had some good looks in there you have uh holdy robbie
1: yeah um, i mean well play Jen- position, jenkinson won't, won't be at arsenal um i'm guessing he goes either on loan or gets sold Unloan. tomorrow yeah. at some point mavropanos mm. is interesting um obviously he played a few games last year got the red card Started one preseason match and didn't really play that much after it, um, which mm-hmm. is which is interesting. Either that means um, it could mean one or two things: that either Emery rates him and didn't play him that much because he was trying to get a feel for what Holding and Chambers were like, or that he doesn't rate him and,
0: and he's gonna get loaned. And he's
1: gonna he's, well, I mean, he probably won't get loaned because we need we need we we don't have numbers really to loan out any more central defenders, mm. but. He'd probably be, you know, the Europa Cup. Uh, oh yes, yes, players. Yes.
0: The Ospino. So,
1: and then Holding is kind of the. Um, you're not really sure. The, the jury's kind of still out, but again, Holding doesn't have the the physical traits that I think he needs needs to have to be a top defender. He's got he's he's got aggression. He's got some confidence. He plays with confidence, um, but. Again, he's young. He's what is he? Twenty, twenty-two, twenty-three. So
0: it's they're hard. You know,
1: the, the difficult thing is it's hard to write these players off, um, especially especially defensive players in an early age. But you can't really risk playing them if they're not ready, because yeah, you know, it, it's uh, as we talked about. Especially the, the fight for top four is 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 so tight, so difficult. You can't really afford to drop points when trying to to blood these guys in and see if they, they have what it takes to, to make it at this level. Um, so I think everyone is, everyone is looking for another center back signing between now and the end of tomorrow. But from all reports, it doesn't look like that's, that's happening, unless something you know. Yeah, played closely to the chest, but um, there's no real concrete interest. Um, there, are ta- there are reports about uh, Vida from Vestikas, the Croatian mm. defender, but a re- yeah. report, report came out today um, that 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 deal um, we we're talking to Bistikas but it's for the sale of Ospina and it has nothing to do with Vita so it doesn't look like that that had any um, real concrete interest at all
0: mm. now speaking of Ospina you know we have four keepers check Leno Ospina Martinez um, realistically Martinez not going to play unless one of those three goes off but like uh, you know, Ospina is almost out the door. You know, he's got one foot out the door. He's probably going to leave, like you said, to Besiktas. Uh Who do, who do, who starts uh, for you then? Czech? Leno? Does it matter?
1: Um, I definitely think it matters. Um, you have to look. I I would like to see Leno start and just be thrown straight in there, give him the reins, give him the number one, and you know, let him. <laughs> kind of baptism by fire because obviously he's the future um, and, and check is very much the, you know, the past in terms of a arsenal Mm -hmm. goalkeeping going forward. But I I have a sneaky feeling he's going to start with check um, just because he's got the experience. He's got the, a better connection relationship with the current defenders. Um, And I, and I, I just wonder if he's going to, if he, almost i want to i almost use the word risk but risk Leno going in against City against Chelsea right off the bat and let's say we could easily ship six or seven goals in those two matches what does that do to his psyche his confidence um, right. going forward so maybe I, I think he's going to start with check and then maybe slowly obviously play Leno in, in the in the cup games Europa Leagues but i think eventually Kind of transitioning into uh, as as the as the league keeper as well until he takes that spot over.
0: Mm, yeah, not to mention that uh, you know check has has, uh, has beefed up pretty good.
1: He um, did not miss bicep day. This <laughs> um, no, no, well, no, none of the guys did. From, from
0: no, none bicep of yeah. them. Looking. Uh, let's let's move to the midfield uh, area. Um, obviously, uh, Toria uh, came in. You have uh Ramsey who is uh, not leaving. This has just signed a uh, a contract extension with the club. Uh Well yeah, but there's all the reports. Yeah. And and he's come out and said that he's not looking for the three hundred thousand. It, it, it's all it's all media. It's all media and this stupid yeah, that the stupid crap. The I, signs
1: I, are the signs are good, but until it's official, it's, yeah. it's Arsenal. We can we can we can still screw this up yet. Uh, so. uh,
0: no no doubt. Uh, El Nene Ozil, Maitland Niles, Jaka, Gwenduzi. Does that do it for you? Like uh, in in terms of midfield or uh, in terms of creativity, defensiveness, moving forward, that sort of thing?
1: I I think so. I think you look at, I mean, depending on on our system, uh, if you assume um, Emery's going to play some kind of a 4 3 3 or 4 2 3 1 of some some sort, um, yeah, I think you got to like, I mean, Jacques is going to be in the being there for his kind of line-breaking passing. You've got Torreira who's obviously brought in to, to be that specific kind of shield in front of the back. Um, can also, you know, dribble out of trouble, uh, which I think we struggled with a lot in our midfield with Xhaka. Um, is, is team's pressing us high up the pitch, not having somebody, not having that Santi Cazorla type outlet. Um, I think Torreira is pretty much going to fit that mold add some others, you know, obviously some defensive, uh, bite, uh, to, to the squad as well. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting though with, I mean, I just talking about fitness. I think if, if you're talking everyone's fit, I think it's kind of easy to pick the midfield, but talking about this Sunday, um, is Ramsey fit? Is Torreira fit enough to start? Is Jaka fit enough to start? These guys mm-hmm. just played one match since coming back from their world cup break. Um, Ramsey obviously was a little bit of a, a calf niggle, uh, if you believe the report. So, um, yeah. And then what, when, will where Rose will line up, he's kind of played, you know, there's rumors he's going to play out wide on the right. um, got in there. Um, and so I, I, th- I think, I think our midfield is fine. I think, um, it could be some question marks about on Nene leaving, um, I thought, I thought Gwen Duzzi was was uh, pretty exciting to watch in the preseason considering, mm. you know, literally nobody, unless you'd watch uh, League league um, had really heard of him. So I think he comes in with a lot of confidence, a lot. He, he's, he's kind of, he's just, he's an active runner. He's, he's very enthusiastic. Um, obviously got a lot to learn. I would, I'd be scared shitless if he was in the starting 11 against city and, um, <laughs> but he, he did play a lot, so it looks like maybe Emery has got him in line for, for some starts this year. I think Maitland-Niles is going to be our starting left back on Sunday, um, and that could be a position for him going forward where he really can make, make his claim um, you know, f- as a future w- with Arsenal in the starting 11 because Kolasinac is out for 10 weeks, Montreal will not be playing on Sunday. He's recovering from a little injury. So, um, you know, I think Maitland Niles clearly is a natural midfielder, but sometimes you got to take the opportunity that's given to you, and we'll see if he takes it. Um, I, I'm, worried, I'm worried with him, his, his focus when playing in defense. I think he knows he's a midfielder, and so I think he doesn't have that same enthusiasm when he plays, when he's playing in defense. Um, and that's a concern for me as a young player, because you should be, uh, extra focused, extra hungry, extra enthusiastic. It Does, doesn't matter where you're playing when you get your chance at, at such a young age. So, um, I think it's going to be a huge test for him these first two weeks and, but it could be, you know, it could be a blessing in disguise that our two left backs are injured because maybe he takes it and, uh, makes that a starting spot.
0: Yeah. It should be interesting to see, um, how they line up, um, in, in terms of like you know those injuries you know Monreal definitely you know he's getting up there in age as well but uh, eh. I mean that's that, that's pretty much it for the uh, midfields. I mean it pretty much speaks itself. Um, forwards, you know you still you still have a couple on there that uh, that could possibly be leaving as, as much as three uh, you got you know a who just signed uh, a new deal uh, then you, then you have the lord uh, well back. Uh, who God knows where he's gonna be? Lucas, he was he was brought back, and he's interesting because you know he was brought back, and now there's talks of him leaving, um, which which is interesting. I don't know. You, you never got a fair chance. You know we can speak to that a little bit more. You have Obama Yang, Lacazette, Joel Campbell is still around. Um,
1: Get out while you still can.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, You know, our forwards, you know, obviously, Lacazette, Obama, Yang, it will be seen pretty much set. Um, Out of those three, realistically, who's staying, who's going, all of them leaving? What do you think?
1: Um, Well, I think Lucas Perez is going to West Ham. I think that deal is all but official. Um, No, that's awesome. Get his wages off the books. Um, I think Welbeck's going to stay just because I think we still need a rotating, uh, assuming, assuming Aubameyang and Lacazette are starting together, you need obviously a, a third, stri- a third striker. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also need kind of a rotating wide forward, which Welbeck um, has played and, and, and can play in a, in a backer role and a guy off the bench. So I, I think if, you know, if we're not going to sign another wide player, I to sign Ousmane Dembele, um, then <laughs> I guess, uh, well, yeah, we, we actually need to keep Welbeck. Um, and Joel Campbell I mean, there's no indication that he's going to be staying at the club. He'll probably, he'll probably stay until middle or late August and go to La Liga or, um, I guess he might actually go to MLS. It might not be a bad, um, DP signing for somebody in MLS, but, um, kind of re- revitalize his stuttering career. But, um, yeah. And the question is with the forwards, you know, who's, who's going to play, who's going to play, and then who's going to play where um, on the field. I think we've seen a lot in preseason of Aubameyang kind of playing like a inside left forward with Lacazette really through the middle. Um, we've seen Mkhitaryan play out wide. Um, so I, th- I think it's good we have options. I think the, question, the key is going to be getting the most out of Aubameyang because um he had absolutely incredible numbers in terms of uh, uh, quality shots on target last year. I think he was the best, rated one of the best in the league in terms of uh, um, using analytics, looking at the quality of his shots of heat that he was able to take um, were, were some of, if not the best in the league. So to get a full season out of him um, with a hopefully a hungry, motivated Ozil and, and Lacazette playing off of him and you got the and Ramsey, dynamic midfielders. Um, that that to me is the most exciting thing I think about the season is, is getting to see all those guys together in a full season straight from the start with a plain and exciting up-tempo system. I think it's going to be – it's going to score a lot of goals, um, probably going to concede a lot of goals, but I think we're going to play a lot – some exciting stuff and it'll be kind of that um, exhilarating Arsenal football that, that we were used to for a long time I think that's going to come back um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that
0: uh, now Lacazette's a little bit interesting because he's been flying under the radar didn't go with uh, you know with France um,
1: it,
0: it, does he have something to prove this year
1: I think he does I, I think um, yeah I mean I think obviously he have been disappointed uh, barely missed out on the France squad um and of course them winning the world cup that'll 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 you know be disappointing for him but also motivating to to come back and say hey this you know okay not you should have chose me because obviously he, he, you won the damn thing so you didn't really need me but um yeah he'll, he'll he'll want to earn his way back into the squad um and plus you know again Aubameyang coming in looks like now it looks like they have a very good relationship you know, kind yeah. of in the locker room, on the training pitch, even when they're playing, so it doesn't look like he's worried about, you know, Abubakar taking his minutes or taking his preferred role on the pitch. It looks like they can very much blend together, um, and I think I think, it, I think it's fantastic play those two together, um, whether it's you know a four four two or some kind of four three three where Abubakar is kind of floating. Um, I'm not worried so much about the formation as, as much as I more than getting those two guys playing together. Um, we're going to, we're going to score a shit ton of goals with those guys on the pitch and Ozil and Mikatarian and Ramsey combination of those three guys feeding them. We're, we're going to score some goals. So, um, yeah, he'll be hungry. Um, again, kind of, I don't want to say flown under the radar, but kind of did a uh, big money signing, uh, had, had a good season, not a great season. Um, but obviously showed his strengths and showed his quality in, in numerous times. So um, one of those guys I think is kind of under the radar um, and I think is could be in line for a really big year. Um, and if he's going to play centrally, I think he, 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 he's going to drop a little bit deeper, get more involved in the buildup. I think he's going to have a lot really good creative numbers as well as uh, scoring numbers.
0: Mm yeah man, uh, I can't I cannot wait to uh, see them line up. like you said, uh, they her, him and Obama yang have been having some great chemistry, some great you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those uh, good posts that they do all the time. Um, just to stray away a little bit here, I'm just reading some stuff on Sky Sports News. Uh, Kepa, Kepa uh a Oh Jesus! Jesus Christ! <laughs>
1: that was is... you're you're never you're, ne- you're never going to be allowed to go to to Basque country in Spain with that with that effort. Oh my word!
0: Oh, you know, just because I'm Spanish doesn't mean that I can pronounce these names, uh, man. Arisa,
1: I'm gonna do my Arisa
0: Complete,
1: complete uh, uh, Basque wanker pronunciation here. Ariza Balaga.
0: Ariza Balaga. Ariza Bagala. There you go. Um yeah, he's joined Chelsea for 71.6 million, men breaking Allison's
1: record uh for Liverpool. That is
0: nuts. 71 million for a keeper.
1: Yeah, the, they uh in Courtois going to Madrid. Um, you know, I mean
0: Who the hell is this guy?
1: No, yeah, he, he was he was Spain's third choice keeper of the World Cup. He's he started for for Bilbao for the past two years. So I he's he's a known commodity on, on the continent. Um Oh. um he's a homegrown player from from Bilbao so he's an academy product um yeah it's a lot of money um but obviously Chelsea need they needed to keep her courtois while so was was going yeah, and gone. um yeah. it looks like I think they try to get all black from Madrid he didn't want to leave so you kind of have to look at all right who's a guy who can tie down and if he's there for you know 10 years and 70 million doesn't look as bad
0: Mm, yeah, that's true. Uh, also, breaking news: Tottenham have signed uh, Korean international Fuking No One. Uh, just so you guys know. Um, anyways, a t- yeah, a timeless signing. <laughs> timeless. I love. I love when they say those. Sign- you know what? I used to cry every time um, we. I would see those, but in Arsenal's way, in the last couple of years, when you know we we would sign absolutely nobody uh yeah it just makes me laugh now um which would be interesting because they're gonna they're gonna be what they're not moving into their new toilet this season are they
1: uh i think delayed so i think not. definitely not to start the year
0: yeah excellent excellent okay so then moving uh right along there from, from the squad and the transfers and and all that good stuff um we move on uh i guess um to another sort of non-breaking, breaking breaking type of news. And then we can finish off with uh, Arsenal's match against Man City. And then what we're, what I want to get Ryan's take on um, where we see the club after the first five matches of the Premier League. So uh, I guess another big talking point um, that Arsenal Twitter, Arsenal Instagram, Facebook, it's just been all over the damn news. You know, it's the end of the world, you know, Stan Kroenke. The main man himself, Uh, according to reports or what you're hearing, uh, he has um, offered and apparently has been agreed by Usinov uh, to buy his 30.5% stakes in Arsenal, around 600 million pounds, which will take him to a 97%. Uh, possession according to what they're saying uh, and then Cronky will move to force the remaining shareholders which is you people, the fans um, Ryan it, 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 is it the end of the world? Is it the end of Arsenal as we know it? Like, you know, Give, give us some insight here buddy
1: uh, I don't think it is um, I, I'm and as you know from previous pods not Stan Cronky's biggest fan by any means mm. um, but if you look at his track record in terms of spending in terms of squad improvement over the last three or so years, you can't really complain and say he is not spending money and investing back into the squad. Um, now, some people will say, okay, now he's got full control. He's not going to be held accountable to have to do that anymore. He can you know, use Arsenal as a basically a vessel to move money in and, and earn and not have to, Spend money, so that that remains to be seen. That's a genuine concern, and um, you know, if you look at his other clubs that he owns, um, there's not a really a huge reason to be excited about him being your your majority or your only shareholder. Um, Mm -hmm. His track record is quite frankly pretty abysmal when it comes to his his teams that he owns winning winning things. Uh, Mm -hmm. Arsenal is, is far and away his most successful club since he's taken over. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's a huge concern. Um, you know, I, I, don't think he's going to strip the club of all of his assets and, and, um, buy, you know, spend no money on players in the next five years and, and let us toil in, in, you know, mid table for the next, I don't think that's going to happen. I think, I think it, it behooves him to keep Arsenal competitive, and, and trying to win things. And, and with that, you have to spend money on players because the more successful you are, the more likely are you as a team, as a business to get large dollar commercial revenue streams and of course, champions league, all that, yada, yada, yada. So, um, you know, now that being said, um, I, I I don't like the idea of Stan Kroenke being anywhere near the club in general, but mm-hmm. that, that, that's, that's out of mine, yours, or anyone else's hands. Uh, it is what it is. And so I think for me, it's, you know, it's potentially the last five years or so, football has become such a revenue driven. Um, I mean, shit. you look at, look at teams? I saw today Watford bid $60 million for a, for a PSG player, Gonzalo Guedes, um, like Wat- Watford, Watford has $60 million to, to chuck at a player. So I, <laughs> I, 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 th- I think for me, I, I, I try not to get too caught up in who owns the club, all these commercial kind of backroom, uh, appointments. And, um, it's frankly out of our control. And I think, I think mm. for me, I, I like to focus on, you know, on the pitch, uh, the results, um, the players, and um you know that that's something that that hopefully remains unchanged in terms of not being kind of uh um poisoned by the modern you know football era that we're in now um yeah so we just we got to wait and see
0: now like does uh, realistically uh, does it matter how many owners or who owns the club uh, you know in in, in retrospect like I guess what I'm trying to go with is like, do 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 you think Arsenal will ever win, um the the Premier League? Uh, let's say when within seven ten years, it even if Kroenke wasn't the majority stakeholder.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think eventually we will. I think all all powerhouse teams have their kind of dynasties or cycles. Um, yeah. I think Man- Manchester City is is obviously just. Going to be starting theirs um, as long as long as Guardiola is there, and as long as the money's there for them to invest in players, mm-hmm. um, I think that's you know, it's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be tough to unseat them from the top. But I think all teams um, kind of ebb and flow with their abilities to a their ability to win, and then their execution on on winning a league a league title. So I think um, obviously we got very close in 2016, the year Leicester won it. That, that probably should have been. Yeah, I'm using air, air quotes should have been um, <laughs> the year we won it. But um, yeah, do I think we'll win it in the next seven to 10 years? I'm confident we will. Um, I can't tell you exactly when that's going to be because who the hell knows what the club's going to look like uh, four years from now, let alone, you know, 10 years from now.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. And just to finish off this, just a quick little uh, interesting little excerpt from uh, this ESPN article, Uh, which is interesting to me, uh, is that for the first time since a group of workers at the Woolwich Arsenal Armament Factory joined together to form a football club in 1886, Arsenal will be the sole private interest of one individual. Supporters who were uh, proud to be shareholders and act on behalf of their uh, contemporaries in a custodial role will have their investments forcibly forcibly uh, removed from them. Uh, a Rubicon has been crossed. Sounds kind of bleak and kind of almost deathlike. like
1: Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> listen, I, I, I get the sadness <laughs> or the, the outrage, especially from those, you know, AST board members who owned a part of the club. That's, that's something that goes back generations. And, um, it's very much part of people's identity in terms of their culture. Right. So I'm not, I I understand that. And that's, that's a very, you know, ruthless cutthroat thing to have happened. And then that's, that's kind of the reality though, back to my previous point of, um, you know, I think you kind of have to separate, not, not that you don't have to care about it, but separate, um, kind of your love or your identity with Arsenal from the ownership um cuz it was very much you know this is a, a bygone era where there was, it was mm-hmm. Arsenal men um and one you know one woman Nina Bracewell Smith who who owned the club it was Arsenal people through and through right it was in their family it was it was handed down to them they they um were Arsenal fans who owned the club mm-hmm. even even the, the wealthiest uh members so now you have an outsider, an American, um, outsider at that, who, again, I, I and Stan is not, Cronky has not done himself any favors based on his lack of, um, I, I guess for lack of a better term, giving a shit about, about soccer, about Arsenal, mm-hmm. about being at the Emirates for games. You know, he shows up about once a year, um, Usually for that uh, that board meeting now now that that won't exist he may not show up at all who knows mm-hmm. um, but that's kind of the modern era I mean mm-hmm. that being said you, you can you can hate that Stan Kroenke um, is the owner of your of Arsenal but he's the same guy who who just stumped up sixty two million for one of the best strikers in Europe uh, in January so um, you gotta yeah. have to take the good with the bad and, and like I said try and enjoy the, the product on the field. Um, and the fact that, you know, wherever you are, if you're in the stadium, if you're watching on TV, it's still a red and white. It's still the Arsenal badge. Doesn't matter who owns the club. That's never going to change. And that's that's why we're all fans to begin with. We weren't we weren't fans because, you know, uh, previous ownership and, and <laughs> uh, all the board members. No, I mean, you're 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 a fan of the Arsenal because of, of the soccer that's played on the field. And that, that's always going to remain constant.
0: Well said, well said. Uh, just, just to close this off, and maybe, maybe you don't know um, or maybe you have some insight into this, uh, but school me on something. So how, how could he force those people from, from the AST to sell, them, sell him their shares of the club? What about if I don't want to sell?
1: I think it's based off that he reached a threshold of ownership uh, percentage. That trigger uh, that triggers that ability. So I think it would because it was Uzmanov had his whatever thirty three percent. I don't know the exact number, but um, I want to yeah, want to speculate. I think it was like ninety seven. You reach a ninety seven percent threshold. Once you once you get past that point, then you can basically it's a power move where you can force all the other shareholders to. It's it's a it triggers an automatic sale. It's not even a request. It's just wow you 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 as a sole owner make that trigger that clause and boom now their shares are are bought up um, by cronky so
0: now how much is a share for arsenal do you know how much is one share
1: uh what, is, what was the last number i saw like 28000 pound i think for what? The last. yeah dear god yeah so it's That's not a lot. uh yeah well, not exactly not exactly a, a bargain but
0: <laughs> uh well and, you know, and in any regard, somebody will get some money. Um so moving mo- moving from that then, um, I just uh wanna quickly touch base on uh Arsenal's match against Manchester City. You know, we were already talking a little bit about the squad and, and all that, but also um after that, you know, c- kind of talk about uh where are where do you see Arsenal um within the first five games of the season. Uh, and whether or not, you know, I'm pretty sure that'll, that'll trigger some, depending on on the results, um, you know, it'll trigger some people and we all know how we are as Arsenal fans, seasons over dread death, uh, you know, uh, everything is destroyed, but you know, Arsenal's first five matches, you know, Man City, Chelsea, uh, West Ham, Cardiff City, Newcastle, um, uh, other than Chelsea and Man City, uh, well, Man City is a little bit more scary. Nobody's giving us a chance there. Uh, they're all winnable games, uh, Ryan. So, uh, first of all, uh, you know, Man City, and uh, and then where do you see Arsenal after five after those first five matches?
1: Well, in terms of points tally, I mean, I would think I think we can I think we're a better team than Chelsea. Um, I mean, I think overall, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, we should be West Ham, Cardiff, and Newcastle, but um, it's the same team that only won one away match all of last year. So I think that's the biggest thing is consistency and, mm-hmm. and um, being able to try and eliminate the, I, you know, the, the blunt boost. errors that we had that led to some of our defeats last year. I think mm-hmm. that's – that structurally is going to be my biggest thing with, with Unai Emery coming in. Can he implement a better overall team balance and structure, which I think will should naturally cut out those embarrassing kind of defensive mishaps, the, um, you know, three players chasing the ball and and, and a guy being completely open on the back post, um, kind of that, that chicken with their head cut off kind of defensive mentality, um, to me, that's going to be the biggest thing to look for. So listen, I don't know about, about point tally after the first five weeks, but I want to see more of what, what, what does our shape look like? What does our effort look like? Um, What does our focus look like coming, you know, the last five minutes of a half, the first five minutes of the second half is another area we were just woeful in is, is just kind of those focus that, you know, lacking of, of, Um, structured mentality that I think the good teams, they execute in those areas. That's where we fell woefully short. So that's what I'm going to be looking for. That's what I'll consider uh, kind of a a litmus test in in, in these first few matches is how we perform in those those, um, trying moments where we've just been utter failures over the past few years.
0: Mm. Uh, Can we beat Manchester City?
1: Uh, sure, we can. Um, I mean, you know, we beat them um, pretty handily. I think a pretty great performance against him in the FA Cup semis uh, two years ago. So I think I think there's a blueprint there. Um, you know, um, they'll have I don't know if De Bruyne is going to be playing. Um, you know, David Silva is coming back from the World Cup um you know so they got them uh you know kyle walker and jones stones i think have been playing in preseason they, sh- they should be fine but coming you know they're coming off the world cup um playing at home i think uh you know is obviously a huge boost for us um i think we'll be up for it we'll be confident we'll be um i think we can we can play with him in terms of creating chances i i obviously i'm, I'm deeply concerned i don't know who the hell's I mean, I uh, probably should say, I do know who's going to be starting in our back five. It's uh, either Czech, Leno, Bellerin, and it's got to be Mustafi, Socrates, and then Maitland-Niles. So that doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence going up against, uh, you know, Aguero, Gabriel Jesus, um, mm-hmm. Bruno Silva, um, hell, Phil Foden even looked really good against uh, Chelsea. So um, that's going to be the concern. Do we, can we you know, contain them enough. Um, mm. I think we create chances against them. It's not something I'm really concerned about is, is can we not, can we limit them to under two goals? That's going to be the key mm. that obviously that's not brilliant insight, but <laughs> it's, it, If it, you know, if it comes down to, you know, last to have the ball last to score um, I don't think that, goes in our favor. I think we need to play compact and play on the counter. Um, use the speed of Aubameyang, Lacazette, use the passive the long passing, the, the um, probing passing of Ozil, Xhaka, and mm-hmm. try and, you know, almost try and park the bus against them and, and see what you can get on the counter.
0: Yeah. I mean, all in all, uh it- whether we lose, win, or draw, the EPL, the English Premier League, is back. The Arsenal are back, We're back. this coming Sunday. You know, August twelfth, eleven a.m. Eastern time. I don't know what time for you there, Ryan. Was it eight a.m.? No, 8 nine. M. Eight a.m. Eight a.m. Uh, So it's not a, it's not that bright and early, but uh, it's bright enough for you. Uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll obviously see the action. I will probably not. see. I'm going to try to convince my wife to come back home from the trailer early (laughs) to watch the match Um, but uh, all in all uh, it's been great speaking with you Ryan Uh, hopefully we can talk about uh, this match uh, next week sometime and we can continue uh, and go forward taking it one podcast at a time Uh, Ryan I do appreciate your time and as always very insightful uh, information thank you (laughs) Chishesne. (laughs) Chishesne. Yeah. Shout out to AJ. Yeah. Shout out to AJ, Elliot. Uh, We're hoping we can get them all. uh,
1: And by the way, uh, uh, if you want to know why Elliot couldn't make it today, he's too busy retweeting uh, (laughs) people talking about Georgia Tech football uniforms on Twitter. So that's why he couldn't be with us here tonight. I love it. He's literally retweeting every single tweet about Georgia Tech uniforms. So. Keep doing your thing. E. You're doing the Lord's work.
0: <laughs> Hopefully we'll have him back and give us a, give us a little insight uh, onto that one. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to uh full 90 gunner podcast. Uh, yes, we're back. Hopefully we can stay back. Uh, you can catch us um, on all of your podcast uh, catchers or however you get your podcast. We're on Apple podcast, uh, Google play. We're on Spotify. We're on Spotify. Uh, Stitcher Radio, and uh, any other podcast uh, catchers. Uh, If you want to uh, interact with us, um, you can look at our anchor.fm slash full90gooner page. Uh, You can also download the app. And what's really cool about this app is uh, that you can send us voice memos uh, or voice notes up to five minutes, I do believe uh, you can answer, uh, you can ask us questions on there. Uh, or if you just want comments, uh, just send us those comments there. Uh, uh, and then we can uh, I'd try to figure out a way to put those and incorporate those into the podcast, maybe at the end of the show, and get your views and opinions on there, uh, or any questions uh, that we couldn't answer for you. Uh, we'll put them on there. Uh, and then, you know, start a conversation that way. So that's anchor.fm slash full90gooner. Obviously, check out, check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Just, just search up full90gooner. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of myself, Ryan Elliott and AJ, thank you for listening. Uh, Until next week, we the Gunners. Peace out.